Hello there, I'm Graham Hall, or perhaps you know me better as The Dog Father. If you've worked with me one-to-one, read one of my books, or caught me on television's dogs behaving very badly. (laughs) This is Talking Dogs, the podcast where I use my, well, near on 15 years of experience as a dog trainer to find a solution to the problem you're having with your dog, as well as hearing from people I've worked with in the past to see what we can learn, well, from their experience. If you stick around, I'll be giving some advice to a listener whose dog, uh, well, just has to sniff and smell everything he comes across. First, though, a dog who has to eat everything he comes across. Socks, cloths, face masks, fireworks, you name it, Bertie has eaten it. Jackie and Daisy, Bertie's your cocker spaniel, and I came to work with you on the telly show Dogs Behaving Very Badly recently. Now, people might be, might be shocked, I think, when I say he was eating things like face masks and, and especially fireworks, uh, but that was the reality, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. He would eat, he would eat anything, any, anything fabric. Yeah, and he was so incredibly quick. I, I remember watching him thinking, yeah, I've seen dogs, you know, nick, nick things before, of course, you know. But it was the speed with which he did it that really got me. I mean, he is lightning fast, isn't he? Yeah, he's ridiculously fast. You have to be, yeah. I'd say, maybe an athlete to probably try and catch him. Um, <laughs> if he doesn't hide and you quickly... And, grab him and he can gulp it down as well dry fabric you think oh he'd be gagging on it but no he mm. just sit with ease yeah and that was it jackie wasn't it he, he he wasn't just grabbing things and holding on to it he was gulping it down which which had caused you all sorts of problems i think i think it gave us traumatic stress really he was because yeah. he he was gulping it down and then we knew that it, he he wouldn't probably need an operation Mm. Or, you know, we'd have to get him to the vets immediately. And that had happened, hadn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. Happened, it's happened numerous, numerous times. They're two big ops. They've had to make him sick a couple of times as well. But it's, like, nearly 10 grand's worth, I'd say. And and even worse than that, I remember you saying, you know, the vets had said, look, we, you know, there's only so many times you can do this. We can't open him up again. So, if he, you know, if he gulps down something big, it could be... Could be curtains, if you'll excuse the pun. I wouldn't yeah. put that past him. <laughs> yeah, it's life and death. It, it, it is, yeah, absolutely. And we yeah. also worry, like, if we miss it, if we don't pick up that he's swallowed it, what if it's then too late to take him to the vets as well? We're constantly watching him, even when he's not eaten something. We were constantly watching to make sure we've not missed mm. it or... Well, I kept him, as you know, on the leaves, sitting there watching the telly. Yeah, and it just struck me that, of course, you had to do that, I understand, and uh, because your life had just become so incredibly stressful. But from his point of view as well, that was no life at all, was it? No. No. Or in his cage all the time, even when you're sort of in the house. Uh, Yeah, and you're having to just stick your hand down his throat sometimes to grab things that he... All the time. All the time. Sometimes grab all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's there is no exaggeration, is there, on that show? <laughs> One thing about dogs behaving badly, you know, is we literally have thousands of people apply, and, and I, I never cease to be amazed when they phone me up and go, "Right, this is what you're going to go to next week," and I'm like, "Really? <laughs> How did it get that bad?" So we really do find the the most extreme cases. So yeah, no exaggeration. It was a serious problem, and I remember thinking, one. The consequences, if he gets this wrong again, could be fatal, literally. 
literally. And I'm looking at how to fix it thinking, crikey, he's so incredibly quick. So putting a fix in wasn't wasn't easy, but I remember sitting you down and going, look, here, here's what I think is going on. So he's he's a working cocker spaniel. Uh, so in, in his brain, he was bred to sort of go off and pick up game and bring them back and all that. Fine. But you're meant to keep it in your gob, not not gulp it down. <laughs> so <laughs> like, where did that come from? And I think I know where that came from. And it's because it was funny because I, I I remember clearly chatting to you. I think all I wanted to to say was I think you're being a bit hysterical, but I didn't want to say that <laughs> word. <laughs> and then Jackie, you said it for me. So I'm like, yeah. look, you've been so fast, you've rushed him, and he's gone boom, and you've gone. We've sort of taken the hysteria to him, haven't we? I'm like, well, yes, that's that exactly. So in order to train it. It was important to slow things down, you know, send out some clear signals, what we did and didn't want him to do, but but get control back. And, of course, the first thing was was using the lead, wasn't it? But you've always got to reward good behaviour as well. You know, it's no good just going, no, 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 because that's a bit like nagging. And dogs are a bit like humans. You know, if you nag enough in the end, you just go, oh, to heck with it, and you do whatever you want anyway. So it's like, right, how do you reward uh, a Bertie, basically. Well, here's a dog who likes to have something in his gob. So um, it could be a treat, yeah, sure, but he wasn't that bothered about treats. But we could give him a toy that was more appropriate to him. So we've got the building blocks of a training system here, haven't we? So we've got to get him to not do the thing we don't want, i.e. pick up those things you know, that we then put on the floor, yeah? Um, but if you do back away, um, then, yeah, good boy, you know, we'll give you something for it. And I just thought, you know, best place to start is in the house because we got a bit more control. But even then, it was, no, this needs to be on lead. But it went it went quite well in the house, I thought. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In the, I mean, the training that day, even because when he was on the lead, he would pull and swallow things quick. So, mm. you know, he had actually, one of his operations was eating something when he was on the lead mm. with Daisy. So... Not that I'm blaming you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It would have been with yeah. anyone, I don't mean that. So he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't safe him on the lead because he could swallow it so quick and then he'd clench his jaws. I mm. mean, he's such a lovely, soppy dog. We can prise them open and get <laughs> our hands in. Yeah. But um, it, so on the lead was a big thing. I felt I was very anxious even then with all the, all the things. We lined things up that he would normally gulp down, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, we did, didn't we? And I think it was um, I, I, there was all sorts of bits and pieces that we put on the floor. And then we we up the ante as the, as I almost always do, you know, and added extra things. But I just thought if we walk past with the lead on him, then when he moves towards it, we can catch him on the lead. We can we can tell him no and add a, a command leave, you know, leave. So he the the timing of this is is key. Um, Any time that you you're trying to teach a dog a command, you've got to get him to be doing the thing you want as you're saying the new word, right? So let me sort of break this down. If he's rushing towards something, he's about to grab it and we're shouting leave, then he would have associated the new command leave with go grab something. Makes sense, doesn't it? It's very logical, yeah? So what we did was we caught him on the... um, Got him on the lead. It's like, ah, no. And he's like, oh, okay, keep your air on. So he moves away a bit. Yeah, As he's moving away, he's hearing me say, leave. And he's like, okay, I don't know what that means, but it seems to be, it seems to be I hear that soundtrack every time I'm moving away. Yeah. So in his brain, he's like, okay, step away from the item. Here, leave. Right. What does leave mean? It must mean step away. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so 
we've walked up and down a few times and he's gone yeah okay I, I won't touch that I'll, and I'll leave when you tell me and it's like okay well in that case we'll praise you and if you're a good boy you might get a, get a toy that you can play with that's appropriate you know that worked really really well and that's something that you know that we can continue as well and I felt after we'd done it together we felt quite safe doing that mm. didn't we you know going around the objects and no, as soon as he hears that word, he just spins he round looks, and looks, he looks at you, doesn't at he? You. Yeah. Oh, brill! Great. Yeah. One of the, one of the really important things for me is it's all right me d- doing whatever I do and showing off, frankly, and you know, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Oh, it's amazing!" But but you know, that's that's by the by. It, it, when I leave, you're going to be able to do it for yourself, you know. So so yeah. So you felt comfortable practicing that then? Absolutely. That sort of taught him what he can and can't have in the house, which taken ages to Mm -hmm. you know but it does work and then daisy's bought him some little blankets okay like little ones and he carries them in his mouth so in the morning okay he has them in his cage and in his because he sleeps in the crate at night has them in his nice cage that's horrible yeah that is awful in his little crate and then when he comes (laughs) (laughs) a <laughs> <laughs> joke about dungeon but I, I think there is this worry that you know dogs see a, a, a crate as a, as a cage or a dungeon and, and for a lot of dogs that's just their den it's their safe place so yeah i, kind yeah. Of yeah. Know. <laughs> I don't know if you remember he actually took himself in there didn't he he did. <laughs> I've never seen him do that and tried to shut the door, didn't he? When we, when we kept offering it, when he, he wasn't interested in the fabric anymore. Yeah, you're right, he did. He kind of went, oh, do you know, I don't want to play this game anymore. No, <laughs> I don't want to eat anything anymore today. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get me coop. So, uh, yeah, so th- I'm really pleased to hear that. So, so you've been practising since I left, so you've really taught him what, what items are, are sort of out of bounds and what items are suitable. I quite, I quite like this idea of the, you know, the little blankets to, to put in his mouth because some dogs, they, they, just, they just want to have something in their mouth. It's the way they were bred. Mm. Um, so you've channelled that in the right direction, haven't you? Yeah, they're, they're, too, they're too big to sort of... Um, swallow. Swallow. But mm. he would normally... He would have ripped them up and eaten and then them bit them. by bit. So right. having these blankets, it's been... But So he has them in his bed with him. He has them in his bed. It's kind of like him showing what he's done overnight. Like, look, I've managed not to eat this, I think. <laughs> I like, hopefully <laughs> proud of me, I've not eaten a blanket. <laughs> he meets you with the little blanket when you go in. Which is nice, because yeah. you can't really leave things in his crate because he'd swallow them. Like, his bed, yes. he'd eat a bed. Yes. Yeah, he's not not been able to have, like, a really cosy little crate. But now he's able to have comfy blankets where he's not going to swallow them. And they're quite small, so he holds them in his mouth and he walks round with them in his mouth. Yeah. But he's not swallowing them. We've mastered it in the house. Obviously, outside... We, that's our future project. OK, well, well, let's talk about that, because when, when we went outside on the, the second day, I was I was really surprised how well that went, actually, on the day, because, uh, uh, oh, we, I mean, we, we put an obstacle course down of all sorts of things, didn't we? You know, crisp packet, you name it, all the things that dogs want to want to pick up. Um, and and I, I was, I, it's often the way when you're filming TV, you want to see it 
sort of go wrong to start with so you can see the difference you want to see the improvement don't you and and, and after the previous day he was just like no no i'm no i'm, I'm ignoring this i'm not gonna do it <laughs> so he was really good so have, have you been struggling since then well no i think in the garden he did have one sock after that so ah. when he was in the garden so that sort of set me back probably not him it's me back it put me mm. back we sort of muzzle him. I still muzzle him outside because mm. of that, because I'm anxious about that. But Okay. And I think it's been the winter as well, so you can't actually see what's on the ground and what's around. It's probably us being more worried than him being able to progress. He could do it, but we're probably more worried about yeah, he's brilliant. getting to that stage. He's brilliant yeah. on the lead if you see it. Like the same in the house, if you say leave, mm. he will leave. So that's working. It's outside, off lead. OK, let me give you some advice on that then. So I think there's loads of things there. So let's let's unpack it. Um, so your leave command is still working, even outside. So that's good. So you had a setback. You managed to nick a sock outside. Th- that happens. The thing is really to not let it knock you completely off balance. It sounds like it probably has you know um so it's funny because i'm thinking yeah i think it maybe is dare i say a bit more you than than him in terms of confidence so when these things happen you've just got to go ah no that's the last thing i wanted but you dust yourself down and go right let's rise above next thing so i would be out and about walking in you know practice if you see something on the ground and you think that's the sort of thing you'd normally have instead of thinking ah no let's avoid that my mind works the other way i'm like okay there's an opportunity so on lead and and on muzzle if you want a bit of bit of extra safety no bad thing Uh, and i'm mindful that previously before i came he was nicking things through the muzzle wasn't he but at at least it gives you a chance so for me that muzzle is going to make you feel a bit more secure and and able to be a bit more relaxed which is always a good thing i'm happy on the lead without the muzzle right okay so what you could do is on the lead, either with the muzzle or, or, or off, depending on how you're feeling, I'd, I'd walk past the thing, but give yourself a bit of distance, right? So you're not right on top of it. You get to use the leave command. He listens. Yeah, good boy. Gets gets rewarded for not doing it. And then get a bit nearer, get a bit nearer, and build it up bit by bit. The next stage is rather than just let him off and hope for the best, right? Because that's probably where it's going to go wrong. Because you're going to go leave and he's going to think, yeah, I don't have to. <laughs> I would just put him on a long lead. So you've gone from a you know, the standard length of a lead is probably about 1.2 metres, 1.4. You could go to, let's say, a 5-metre lead or a 10-metre lead. They're dead easy to, to get on online, you know. And then you can work it from there. So the long line becomes like a remote control. If he goes for it, you can catch him. And then the next stage, of course, is fully off lead and, and you're there. Next thing go in stages so if you see something outside don't shy away do use it as practice if you need the muzzle to a for safety sake so that it can't go wrong and he ends up down the vets great if the muzzle makes you feel more secure even better so really we're going to use a long line just as a bridge as that, that you know that difference between he's on lead or he's off lead yeah so that's good One, one funny thing from when we were filming, um, 
Uh, do you remember when he caught me watch? I you know, know. <laughs> I felt terrible. Oh, uh, it's all right. The watch was fine. So it was one of these. I was already thinking, oh, he's quite quick, this lad. And then he jumped up at me at one point. I don't know whether the watch, because it was a bit shiny, but it was like a bit of a magpie. And he just went, dush, and pulled. I'm like, what the heck? And and the watch <laughs> fell off me, me wrist. And I thought, oh, he's undone it. He'd actually, he'd actually managed to, to break the leather, you know, where it joins the, the watch. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. But it was just like, oh, my God, that was so quick he was like all right it's like some ninja move and another technique you told me has been brilliant as well you told me to put my when he tries to snatch something i don't want him to have we were Mm. pulling we were tugging but you told me to put my big paw down on it to own it Mm. and that's really worked as well if you think about it previously everything had about been about speed you know, he grabbed something quickly. You met that with more speed, yeah? So you were rushing him. He was rushing you. He's gulped something down. It's gone. When you've got a dog who's rushing and you feel as though you can't keep up, um, you'll never beat him on speed, you know? You've got to slow things down so that you can take your time, you know, put the right signals in at the right time, tell him right from wrong, you know, and you can only do that in your own time. So usually... In most situations, unless you've got a dog who's properly about to bite you or something, the truth is you can always just take a breath, slow things down. Well, Jackie and Daisy, it's been lovely to catch up with you. And I'm so so pleased I was able to help you because when I first came out, I did really think, you know, uh, his next move, if he's not careful, could be his last. So uh, you've done a great job, so keep up the good work. Yeah, you've helped us amazing. Thank you so yeah, thank much. You. Well, Bertie explored the world with his mouth, but the next dog loves using his nose. Jodie has sent me a voice note. We have a black Labrador who is about four years old and he's had a problem for the last few years, really since a puppy, where he stops and sniffs all the time. He sniffs other dog traces deer tracks, pheasant tracks and all sorts. Now, we have had Labradors before and this is a really different kind of problem. Whenever he locks onto a sniff, he really will not listen to anything. His recall is completely gone. He just sniffs for ages and ages and you can continue to walk or we try treats, we try excitement, and he's just completely deaf. So we don't know really how to improve this. If we walk him on the lead, normally he's okay, um, except recently he's started digging in his heels and completely refusing to move on until he's gone back to a sniff. What can we do? Very good. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, So... He's a Labrador. He's doing a lot of sniffing. Uh, Why might he be doing that? That's the first question. So before you try and fix anything, really, you've got to work out what's going on in this dog's head. Why is he doing the thing that he's doing? Well, if you think about the job that Labradors, at least more recently, have been given, and that's, again, like Cocker Spaniels, going and picking up game, right, or at least flushing out game. It involves using your nose quite a lot. So... I think that's where it comes from. I think he's just going out into the world and he's going, right, yeah, something in here is telling me I should have my nose down and I should be checking out smells. Fascinating, right? To him, that is. But I think what's then happening is it's it's getting a bit over the top. So I think it's worth thinking about how dogs experience the world through the sense of smell. 
Now, I think we all know that they've got a more intense sense of smell than we have. That's true. If we were talking about sight, which is how we think in terms of, you know, the world, their smell would be more vibrant, if you like. You know, there's, there's a thousand smells that they're picking up that we're not. It's just much richer. But the other thing they do, which is really curious, is they can split things out. If you and I walked into somebody's kitchen when they were cooking, you might, if you're lucky, kind of go sniff, sniff. So this is probably a lasagna tonight. But what a dog does is they walk in, they go, ah, so what we got? Uh, minced beef, half cooked, bit of veggie oil, um, oh, tomatoes, tin tomatoes, different batch to yesterday's. You know, they're splitting things out. So, Jody, with with your dog, he's sticking his nose down and he's going. This is fascinating. I've got I've got a smell of uh, pigeons. Not bothered about that. There's a smell of some kid who ran past here yesterday. Uh, the fish and chips over there that somebody dropped from a Friday night. Oh, rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. This is oh, I've lost it. I'm back on it. And that's what he's doing. That's why it's just all consuming. I think for him. So that's his world. Why has it gone wrong? Why has it become excessive? It could be that you've kind of let him sniff quite a bit to start with and it's been seen as a good thing. A lot of people have had the advice that because dogs have this very intense world of, of smelling, that's what you should just let them do. So you go out on a walk and it's like, yeah, have a sniff, have a sniff. Oh, he's sniffing. Oh, he's, well, you've got to let him do it. You know, it's his walk after all, you know. But the thing is, it's like there's a time to do it and a time not all things in moderation right and if you've gone down that route and i don't know if this is you jody but it could be if you've gone down that route of going yeah okay go on then go on and it's completely unbridled then you get to the point where it's a very rewarding thing for him to do any behavior that's rewarding increases and so it's just become almost obsessive so i think we need to rein it in a bit there needs to be time on your walk for him to sniff absolutely i call it break time so uh, you let him have a sniff, you let him do a little bit, and then either the lead goes back on if he's off lead, or if you're even on an extender, there are, there's a time and a place for those, um, you bring it back in and it's like, right, upright body language you get, right, come on, you, mate, we're walking on. So sometimes he's on duty, is the way I think of it. He's with you, he walks alongside, he's got a job to do, dead easy, just follow you. And then, yeah, sure, there's a bit of break time. You can give him as many breaks as you like, and those periods of time can be as long as you like, but you should call it. So you're now taking control of the walk. Right? It's interesting to me that it seems to be getting worse, Jody, because you're saying that now he's refusing to move on, he's being stubborn, and no, no, I won't do it. I think he's just learned that actually he's in control of your walk. So really, it's not his walk. Well, it is, you and I know that, but what you need to do is sort of take a, an approach which is I'm going out for a lovely walk and you little loyal subject you're with me in terms of the nuts and bolts of how to get him to walk away from things you've put the lead on he's like no 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 there's an interesting smell I'm not going the first thing is you need to adopt a sort of demeanor body language that suggests hey no come on not negotiable we're moving if he stays put don't just drag him along because the more you pull one direction he'll pull the other and that's where those little flicks that you see me doing sometimes come in absolutely not the case that we want to hurt him or anything else it's just a nudge right so it's like on and off with the with the lead a little dush you know you tug forward basically so and and back off again so tug forward and off on off yeah if if he moves ah yeah good boy we're straight into praise mode so what we're creating is this situation where he hesitates and he gets this, you know, nudge on the collar. And by the way, for this, probably a collar would 
for a rod it's well fitting would be better than a harness right so uh, and he's like if i hesitate i get a nudge on the collar which i don't like but if i walk with them they're all they're all really happy you know so well anything for an easy life i'll walk with you and then you've got your control back now, of course, we're aiming for, for a situation where he's off lead and being a good boy, but the lead is a means to an end. We're getting a good habit in there by doing it on the lead, and then when he's good, you go, right, OK, off you go, you're off, you know, have a little run around. Ultimately, if he then starts to go back to his really obsessive sniffing again, you can bring him back to popping back on lead. But the lead is just a way of creating a great new habit for when he's off lead. A big thank you for being here with me today. Have you got a problem that you need some advice on? Now, if it's dog-related, I might just be able to help. Send an email or a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I'll do my best to answer your questions soon. Thank you so much again to Jackie and Daisy. Now, if you want to see for yourself just how well Bertie responded to the training, you can watch that episode of Dogs Behaving Very Badly on demand on My5, as well as catching up with the rest of the series there too. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. It might just be the one that you're in great need of. Now, until next week, look after yourself, your loved ones, and of course, your dogs. Bye for now. <laughs>